0: Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U, AM560 and FM96.5 HD2 WQAM, driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click williamsoncadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki.
2: Joe Zygacki, Don Bailey Jr., talking University of Miami football. By the way, Hurricane season tickets are on sale at 1-800-GO-CANES or com. A lot of things to discuss in this segment, and first, Don, we had the spring game this past Saturday, so we look back at the spring game, and I think the one thing that perhaps jumps out at me is that we watched all three scrimmages this spring, and I think uh, it's fair to say that each scrimmage was a little bit better than the previous one.
3: Yeah, Joe, it's nice that, one we were allowed to be out there and, and, and second of all it's great to see the progress and I'm with you. I think you're right on it I think that each week it, you saw a little bit better version of the University of Miami and you saw a better version of, of a lot of different position groups and I, that's really what spring is all about is, is seeing improvement especially out of an experienced team like Miami but we also saw some young kids start climbing to the top
2: uh, Some of the uh, younger players will probably start with the quarterbacks he has said uh, by design they want to put the quarterbacks uh, uh, on the big stage showcase the quarterbacks and we saw both Van Dyke and Garcia show off some of their skills
3: well both of them can throw the football both of them looked very very comfortable in the offense you have to give Red Lashley credit for that for having a, a user-friendly game plan and, and Jake Garcia having only you know been at practice that was the spring game was his 15th and he actually didn't participate in the first week or so I think that uh, you see what kind of football IQ he has and what a quick learner he is and he just fit right in there like he'd been there three or four years so the backup quarterback spot for the University of Miami is as good as I've seen it in many many years
2: it was promising to see Rambo catch and run it was promising to see uh, restrepo make some acrobatic catches it was a bit discouraging to see pope and wiggins both catch long passes but also drop long passes
3: well when you when you look at it i guess and you, and you try and have the glass half full you know the big news is is that miami got um, rambo on their team he's going to be a starter he's going to be a threat he gives a different he's a different type of receiver in, in the sense that he's longer and faster than everybody else. And he looked he, from week one when you and I were out there to the spring game. He looks like he's probably gained the most comfort level out of everybody Uh Restrepo, showed up every single day of practice that we attended. They showed up every single scrimmage. Uh, he actually starred in the first one as as the leading receiver, as far as catch catches go. And I believe that, you know, the best is yet to come out of him every single week. You're going to game week. That is every single week. You, you're going to get production out of him. He's very difficult to cover, but more importantly, he catches the football. And I think that's important for uh, the confidence of the quarterback. And also, if they need a first down, they know who they're going to go to. And Pope and Wiggins, you know, that they've actually switched them up a little bit. Pope has been moved to the slot, so he's competing with Harley and Restrepo. And he's in that spot. I think that'll be a little bit easier for him. He won't have to... He's contested so much coming off the line of scrimmage, and man coverage, so he might be able to run free. And Wiggins switch sides, so they're seeing if that can help him uh, increase his catch percentage. And uh, I think both of those guys you got better in the spring, and both of them need to get a lot better. And really, at that position or any position in football, it just the decisions got to be theirs. Are they going to work hard enough to improve? Are they going to work hard enough to make sure they can contribute? And are they going to work hard enough to secure a starting job? Because the the running and the jumping has not been the problem; it's been the catching, and you just got to keep practicing catching.
2: You know, it's uh, they're going to have a lot of interesting choices. I think at safety, we know about Bolden, Carter, and Gervin Hall. I was asked the other day, who was uh, was were there any young players that jumped out at you? And it was hard not to get the hit of Keyshawn Washington out of my head. Uh, Keyshawn Washington, who wears number 25 out of South Dade. He was a uh, former four-star player, the number 22 player in the state of Florida. And you got to start getting production out of guys like that. These guys that have played in Dade and Broward County. Uh, He played in four games a year ago. I don't know how he fits in this year. Uh, but he does add depth along with Devontae Williams, who had a very good spring, the former number one safety in the entire country.
3: Joe, you know, I, I think the thing that we've got to be careful of is is you don't get you don't get caught up in, in just the topic of depth because this is really the first time Miami's had it in in many 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 years and i think that's a, a great thing and it's a great advantage but you also have to make sure that with the depth there's constant competition and eventually somebody's going to rise up i i know from this game historically that it doesn't matter who it is it doesn't matter if it's the fifth year guy or the guy having his fifth practice it really doesn't matter but the cream has got to rise to the to the top i i think the greatest thing about this depth is now there is position competition everywhere on the offensive line, in the backfield, the receiving core, the defensive line, the linebacking core, the secondary, whether it's the corner or the safeties. Guys are going to be fighting for their job, and it's good to see that you've got established players who've had very good productive careers here getting pushed from the bottom up because that means that that Miami and Manny Diaz have done a, a great job of recruiting.
2: You also have, at uh, this striker position, Keontre Smith, Gilbert Frierson. Keontre Smith playing a little bit of linebacker as well. Amari Carter getting pushed down, playing some striker. But of the young guys, again, I think not only in the spring game, but in some of the practices, I had to keep going to my roster and going, who's that guy that's flashing right there, number 41? And that was uh, Chase Smith, Willie Smith's son. Willie, the former All-American tight end at the University of Miami. His son was a four-star player, early entry, uh, top 35 player in the state of Florida. And looks like he brings a physicality with him to the University of Miami.
3: Well, let's start there. That you know, they had him as one of the best athletes in the country, and he's proven that to be true. He was, you know, played offense and defense, and right now you see that he's uh, making an impact immediately. And what's nice is you talk about these freshmen, and you and they're not being talked about as special team players. You know, they're being talked about as contributors and gaining some reps. I think putting Carter down at striker is a good idea. He's a big physical presence, and and we know how much he likes to hit, so he's not going to be uh bashful in that category but i think mean, overall you know the class that came in early there's huge pays huge benefits for those guys and the uh, avante williams who actually had to sit out last year that might have been the best thing that ever happened to him because he looks healthy and he and he looks like he's ready to play some college football
2: all right let me ask you this one the, the offensive line right now it looks like it has seven quality players for five positions when was the last time we could say something like that?
3: Yeah, it's been a while, isn't it? And I think that's going to get pushed up to, to hopefully eight or nine by the time the season starts. But it's been a long time coming. Uh, you've got, you know, Corey Gaynor, who's a fifth-year guy. And you've got Ja'Kai Clark, to me, is, you know, could he, he, could, he can start a guard and he can press for starting time at center. Ja'Kai Clark is the wild card to me in this whole bunch, and the fact that he can end up having a phenomenal career here at Miami, if whether he's playing guard, you know, he could get a couple years at guard, a couple years at center as starters, and, and really put himself in a position to go to the National Football League. Uh, Zion Nelson is just developed into a, an excellent football player, and I think anybody that challenges – Miami's developmental process—it needs to just look at him as the test tube, and and you look at that and you see a guy that came in at 235 pounds, who was a two-star, who was being recruited by Coastal Carolina and App State at the end. Miami comes in and swoops him up, and he's now a 315-pound, you know, left tackle that uh, I I believe, you know, if he sticks around for two more years, he's going to be a top-round draft pick and. You know, you've got Campbell, who's who's in the competition. Uh, DJ Scaife is doing a nice job out there at tackle. You've got him competing with a with Williams, who transferred in a couple years ago. And you know, I'll say it this way: Howard Stellenberger, God rest his soul, he, he did something. Uh, I guess it was in probably 1980 where he had enough to uh, he had enough players to where he could start platooning a couple series a game, and he committed to that. And it ended up really building a foundation for a national championship because he was able to get guys into games that normally wouldn't get in, and they gain the confidence and they gain an understanding of what it takes to play, but it also increased practice time. So if, if they've got seven or eight or nine guys on that offensive line, I think there's going to be an opportunity for them to play. Um, I'm not saying they'll platoon, but they'll darn sure give some guys some breaks, especially with Rhett Lashley's offense, offense pushing 90 to 100 snaps a game.
2: You know, one of the uh, developing stories that we're going to see this year, uh, not only at the University of Miami, but everywhere, and we don't know the ramifications of it yet, but I think it could turn college football upside down is going to be roster management. Because, for for example, the University of Miami, last year all those freshmen are still freshmen. This year you have a bunch of freshmen coming in. You You conceivably have a freshman class of like, 40 freshmen in addition to in addition to the seniors that came back and then everybody in between was also granted another year the roster size for scholarship players is going to be over 85 and i think perhaps it's going to benefit i hope anyway the university of miami
3: well i'd like to see them bump it back to 100 anyway i, I don't i don't have a problem with 100 scholarships i really don't i, I don't know um, you know they're going to have to look at it with the portal in mind as well, Joe, because there's, there's more players than there in the portal system than there are spots. So that's somewhat kind of uh, backfiring in a sense on the players where you think something's not easy and you're going to just transfer out. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get picked up. So if they provide more spots or roster spots on each team, that's going to obviously make, some, uh, make, make a, an opportunity for more players. But that's going to be interesting. And you're right, I – Nobody really knows how this is going to be handled as of yet, but you basically threw in another class and kept the same cap. So that makes it extremely difficult to manage.
2: Harder to manage, uh, but for the University of Miami, uh, Manny Diaz, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, When you have more players, then you have fewer mistakes, right? So you can kind of weed out maybe a mistake or two, I guess. Uh, You do create more competition, and (laughs) – I don't know. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing plays out uh, in terms of the roster. A couple of spring games going on this weekend uh, in the, inside the ACC. you got Georgia Tech, you got Boston College, Pittsburgh, North Carolina. They're all going to conclude their spring this weekend. Probably the team we're going to keep an eye on, an eye on in the offseason. I think the team that's going to get uh, the most publicity next to Miami is going to be North Carolina.
3: And deservedly so. They have Sam Howell coming back, who may, many will consider the best quarterback in the country. Uh, many already say that he's a first-round draft pick. He came in as a true freshman when Matt Brown flipped him from Florida State and has done nothing but help them win football games. Uh, if, you, if you're a fan of football or you're a fan of that position, you got to love this kid. And it's going to be interesting how North Carolina rebounds from uh, losing the receiver and then a couple of backs and uh, they've got some linemen coming back which uh, we we witnessed firsthand are pretty pretty darn successful guys and it seems to me now that they've got their defense in place something that has they've been struggling with for for many many years actually ever since I think Butch Davis left and he was the last guy to really put a good defense on the field for the Tar Heels but North Carolina is is a team that has had Miami's number and we're going to Miami that is is going to have to figure out a way to beat the the Tar Heels especially if they're going to win the Coastal Division.
2: Uh, We had the commissioner on the show, the new ACC commissioner, Jim Phillips. He said, vitally important for the University of Miami to be great in football. College football is better. The ACC is better when Miami is great in football. He talked about embracing the ACC's partnership with the Orange Bowl. And right now, music to our ears. Hopefully it doesn't change. Hopefully we continue to trend in a good direction. He's expecting... All the stadiums to be open for full business.
3: Well, I, that, that's good news for everybody, isn't it? I mean, I, college football is a, is a spectator sport. It certainly is is played at a higher level, I believe, when the sta- when the stadiums are full because the players feed off of that and the bands feed off of it, and it's just the pageantry of the game is is as fun as the game in most cases. So. I'm glad to hear that that's going to happen. It's going to be interesting how they manage this over the next four or five months to get kickoff lined up. But when they start talking about capacity in April, I I like the odds of it happening in September. And you and I are going to be uh, really a part of the the first week of college football when Miami takes on Alabama at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. So we'll we'll see it firsthand. And I know I'm, I'm excited about that.
2: I tried to bribe the commissioner. He told me he could come to our game, but that's a big weekend. Uh, the Friday game is, uh, I think it's Friday, Thursday or Friday, is Carolina and Virginia Tech, and Georgia plays Clemson on September the 4th. So what a doubleheader for the ACC and the SEC. Clemson and Georgia in Charlotte, Miami, and Alabama in Atlanta. Well, oh, Notre Dame and Florida State play on Labor Day nights.
3: What I would tell him is that he can look at all of those games, but can he join a five a guy that called five national championships at any booth but ours?
2: Well, I don't know. Alabama might be threatening. Eli goals right there. I don't know where is he. I don't know. Except except Eli's in the Eli's in the Southeastern Conference, so that doesn't count.
3: His conference, that's right. He, in his conference, nobody's called five national championships, but Joe Zajacki. So I think he, I think you've got, the, I think you've got the leg up on that group, Joe. I think that's the key because he better not go into the, he better not go into the Alabama booth. We, we can't
2: that. All right, this is true. Okay, uh, Joe Zajacki, Don Bailey Jr. Talking University Miami football. Hurricane season tickets available right now. HurricaneSports.com.
0: Now back to Hurricane and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM, driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click williamsoncadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagaki.
2: Happy to welcome you back to the show and joining us now, former University of Miami kicker, Lou Groza Award winner, All-American, Jose Borigales. Jose, thank you for joining us. Uh, how excited are you about the upcoming draft?
4: Uh, you know, thank, thank you for having me on. Um, very excited. Uh, it's an exciting time in my life. Uh, been doing a, a lot of work uh, to put in and, um, you know, just waiting for, for my name to be called or, you know, hearing that phone ring and answering and seeing where I end up.
2: We have not had a chance to talk to you since the awards season, what was it like when you won the Or What was it like when you were named an All-American?
4: Um, it was surreal. Um, first was the, the All-American thing. Um, I, I didn't even know people were, were you know, that excited about what I did this season. You know, I mean, I did put up some numbers. So I did really good. Um, but, you know, being an All-American is, is, is a dream of mine, and to do it at the school that I've always wanted to play for, uh, it just it's that more special.
2: Yeah. Now your uh, your name's going to hang there with uh, uh in the rafters with all the other All Americans. That's got to be a pretty nice legacy to have. Yeah,
4: it's crazy. Um, I went over there and I I see my name up there every every, every time I go, and, and it's it's just surreal. I can't believe that I I, I did this in one year at, at my dream school. Very very proud of myself.
2: What has it been like for you uh, since the end of the season in terms of getting ready for the draft? And and take us through what a kicker has to do to get ready for the draft.
4: Yeah, so, I mean, it's a a lot of work, uh, you know, traveling and and finding space to to go out there and kick, um, especially for for pre-draft training. Um, So I've been up to Orlando, trained there for six weeks, uh, went up to Buffalo, trained there for two weeks, and now I'm I'm back home here in Miami, uh, and I'm going to to UM and kicking there twice a week, lifting three days a week. So I'm I'm basically at the school every day of the week. Uh, but yeah, you know, what, normally for a kicker, um, you don't want to overdo it, so it's 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 more of quality than quantity. Mm-hmm. So you try to go out there when you go kick, and, and you know, focus on your technique and good ball contact and and you know, see the ball go through the uprights. But you also don't want to overdo it where, you know, maybe one day you go out there and kick a hundred balls and the next day you think you could do that again and then that's when you end up getting hurt. That's that's when you see guys, you know, with groin injuries and stuff like that. So you try to minimize the, the reps and, and focus on the, the quality of the balls and, and also, you know, focus on recovery, you know, contrasting, uh ice tub. You know, yoga, stretching out a lot, stuff like that. That's that's basically what, what a kicker like me should should focus on.
2: Have you had uh, interaction with the NFL? And, and if so, what kind of feedback have you received from the NFL?
4: Um, I mean, it's just been like uh, Zoom meetings, you know, them getting to know me, um, asking about where I came from, you know, why I transferred, uh, stuff like that. Um you know I've, I've been hearing that that they like what they see they say i have tremendous potential um, but you know it, it, the work doesn't doesn't stop now it starts as soon as you you get picked up by a team so i'm excited to to show the team that does end up picking me up what what i got to prove and and you know go out there and show out
2: do you think the biggest adjustment for a kicker going from college to the nfl will be either the speed of the rush or is it going to be extra points because extra points are kind of, you know, they're longer. They're like a field goal.
4: Yeah, yeah. So uh, an extra point in college and in high school is from the, the 10-yard line, which is a 20-yard kick. And then the NFL, they moved it back to the 15. Um, and also in the NFL, it's instead of seven yards, it's eight yards behind the wall. So that's a 33-yard field goal. Well, not field goal, extra point. So yeah, I think that's that's the biggest difference. That's where you see guys um struggle a little bit. So, you know, um right after a season was over, that's that's what we've been training on, just staying consistent inside forty yards, uh and you know, make your money balls, which is from the thirty to the forty yard line and that that's where you make your money balls. But yeah, I think um the extra points would be the, the biggest uh difference between college and NFL everything else should be the same um you know obviously the hashes are a little bit shorter or they're like aligned with the upright so it's it's basically a straight kick every time so that shouldn't be a problem
2: have you scouted out who might need a kicker
4: um you know i i have but <laughs> you know i really <laughs> of course you know you want to see where where you could possibly end up um you know, to find the the best situation for yourself, for me. Um, but you know, I try not to focus on that. I just focus on my training and and my technique. And whichever team picks me up, I'm I'm excited and getting over there to compete and, and win the job against whoever, because like, I have that confidence in myself that I that I know I will be able to do that.
2: All American Jose Borregales is our guest. You had a great year for the for the University of Miami last year why do you think you had such a great year what was it that made the year so special and and why were you we able to perform at such a high level
4: yeah so i mean you know transferring from fiu there was a lot of doubters and and people that didn't you know believe in in me that i'll be able to go to a bigger school and, and bigger competition and go out there and and do what i did this past year so that i took that as motivation um I took two weeks off after my bowl game with FIU two weeks off right back at it, uh, you know, kicking two days a week, three days a week, getting ready mentally for what was to come. Obviously I didn't know COVID was going to hit. So that also was a big part of it. Um, You know, trying to find a field, you know, sneaking there and getting kicked out, trying to get some work in. Uh, But, you know, Being able to prove that I could do it at the highest level, that was my motivation. You know, I I took a chance on myself that nobody really knew what was going to happen. And then to come out and have the year that I had, it's just, you know, hard work pays off, basically. That's, That's what I would say.
2: You nailed that 57 yarder against Louisville. Was everything gravy after that? Once you made the 57 yarder, it was like, yeah, I can make just about anything else.
4: It's crazy because uh, our first game against uh, UAB, I had my first field goal. It was like a 25-yarder. And before half, we had a, a chance to kick a 57. And I don't think Coach Diaz had the trust in me yet. Um, so, you know, went back to, to practice. He,
2: he was scarred from the year before.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we went back next week. Uh, you know, through practices, I was hitting long balls you know, making every kick that, that they put me out there to do. So I think come uh, Louisville game, um, that would be my, my breakout game, if you want to call it. Um, you know, four kicks, made all four field goals. My first field goal there was a 48-yarder, and then after that was the 57. Um, so, you know, after, after he saw that 48, I think he, he, he got the confidence that I could really make it from anywhere. And, you know, I was just... You know, proud and excited that, that I was going to be able to get those type of chances. And I just had to go out there and perform.
2: Playmakers in football can come in a variety of ways. Do kickers look at themselves as playmakers? Because a 57-yard field goal is being a playmaker.
4: Well, yeah. Uh, every year, if you, if you look at all the teams from high school to NFL, the highest scorer is always the kicker. Uh, they score the most points. So I believe that kickers and punters and long snipers are one of the most important positions on a team Uh, because we do make plays. You know, come clutch time, you have to make a kick. That's making a play. If you make it, you win. If you miss, you lose. So it really comes down to, you know, being mentally tough and, and honing into your techniques and just going out there and making the kick,
2: so... Your brother is now kicking at the University of Miami. A, a sidebar: I uh, spoke to a marketing class the other night, and he was involved in the class. He did not fall asleep, so that's good news. Uh, but your your brother Andres is kicking the heck out of the ball so far. Looks a lot like you. What, what, what do you think? We what do you expect from your brother?
4: Um, you know, I expect him to do whatever he wants to do. I expect him to make every single field goal. Uh, you know, kick every touchback, everything like that. You know, I have higher expectations for him, for him because I knew what what it took for him to get to this point in life. Uh, you know, he started kicking when he was five years old, and now to see where he's at, I'm, I'm very proud of him and what he's done. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to him kicking some field goals during the season, especially for that the first game against the Bama. Yeah.
2: <laughs> us too <laughs> uh what a way to start uh, let me ask you this last year was an odd odd year in many ways be, be, because of covid uh but did you enjoy i mean you, you guys you, you were part of a team that won games in the fourth quarter you played some exciting games had a chance to pull the last game out uh you know, you had to have a, probably a certain amount of bonding because all you really had was each other. What, what, what was it like for you?
4: Um, you know, the fact that you didn't know if you were going to be able to play that week, it's its something that, that the whole team had to be mentally tough um, and just be prepared for anything, really, because uh, you don't know who was going to be out. Maybe somebody gets COVID, so it's next man up mentality. So it, it was a really cool feeling of you know the whole team, every single guy had to be ready to go out there on the field and and be able to perform and play at the highest level. So you know it it was a it was a fun time. Uh, we all made each other better that year. And when you're obviously when you're doing stuff good, it's always fun. So we went out there, just had fun, and you know came out with Ws every time, um, besides the, the three losses we had. But it is what it is.
2: Jose Borgales, our guest's been a great guest. Uh last thing for you. Uh when draft day rolls around, uh the draft weekend rolls around, uh what are you anticipating and you know what, what are you uh what what are you thinking about in terms of the, the next level at the NFL? It's gotta be very exciting for you.
4: Yeah, so um you know I'm one of those type of guys where you know you wanna set low expectations because you don't want to be disappointed. Uh also I am a kicker, so <laughs> We, we really are not, you know, first-rounders, second-rounders, unless you're, you know, that rare breed um, like Aguayo uh, a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting – I'm obviously, I'm expecting to, to be called because, you know, of the season that I had. But, you know, whatever happens, once I get that phone call in whatever round or even undrafted, it, it really doesn't matter. I, I just want a shot. That's, that's literally all I want because I know what it it takes to to go out there and perform. And I just want to prove to whichever coach wants to pick me up.
2: I think that's a great attitude because whether it's free agent or draft, it's not going to matter. You're going to get a chance to show off your skills in an NFL camp this summer. That's my pep talk.
4: Yeah. (laughs) That's that's the whole point. Just going out there and, and the chance you get, you know, going out there and and taking advantage of it that's that's what my mentality is on right now
2: well we were thrilled to have you this year not so much the year before but this year certainly thrilled <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah yeah it's been great it's been a great ride
2: yeah, you injured us one year but you're part of the family now and so is your brother and uh thank you so much for joining us and the very best of luck
0: of course thank you so much now back to Hurricane Hotline on the home of the U, AM 560 and FM 96.5 HD2 WQAM, driven by Williamson Cadillac. For value, style, and performance, visit Miami's premier luxury dealership. Click williamsoncadillac.com now. Here's Don Bailey Jr. and the voice of the Hurricanes, Joe Zagacki.
2: We are now delighted to be joined on the show by new University of Miami basketball player Jordan Miller who comes to the university of Miami from George Mason and Jordan. Welcome to South Florida. Welcome to the university of Miami family.
5: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Why do you think at this point in your career, the university of Miami was was the right spot for you?
5: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, with our coach getting fired, I decided to enter into the transfer portal and, um, Coach Laranega was the first coach to reach out to me. And you know, that goes a long way for me personally. Um, for, uh, rewinding back to my first recruitment, I actually ended up at George Mason because our old coach was the first coach to reach out to me. So I knew, you know, something something, something good was there when he reached out to me. And, um, you know, through uh, being in the transfer portal, uh, our relationship just kept building and building as long as the with the assistant coaches. And, um, you know, we had a virtual Zoom meeting and due to COVID, obviously, we couldn't I couldn't, uh, you know, fly down there and see the campus. But from what I saw, the campus looked beautiful. Um, the staff seemed nice. Uh, I really liked the coaching staff and the way we just laughed and joked and how serious they were about making this program, you know, a top program. And so I felt like the cards fell where they needed to fall. And ultimately, you know, Larry Naga, Coach Laranega was at Mason before, too. And I was just like, wow, you know, it, it doesn't get more better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. So that's what ultimately led me to this decision.
2: You know, I often find that one thing that players want from their coach is an answer in terms of how do I get better? How are we going to win this game? Or when the game is being played, what is the answer? And I always say during the course of a game, Coach L, he's going back to the idea factory. I think he always has an answer for his players. Do you think that's going to be important to you?
5: A hundred percent. You know, Coach Leronega expressed to me a positivity. Um, I watched some games. Uh, he he told me, you know, he's always calm. And I think it showed, honestly. So, you know, I trust in Coach Lanega and the rest of the coaching staff and what they're going to do. And, you know, I'm excited for the future.
2: You led your team. I'm sure he loves this. You you led your team in scoring and rebounding. He loves guys to rebound. But uh, how do you see your role here, uh, both offensively and defensively?
5: Yeah, uh, personally, you know, I like to do a little bit of everything, whatever it takes to win. So whether I score zero points, ten points, five points, you know, as long as you win, I'm satisfied. Uh, you know, as being a senior, one of the older guys, uh, you know, uh, add leadership as much as I can and, uh, you know, just keep the vibes positive. I'm a very optimistic person and, uh, I, I just like to make sure that everybody's on the same page and from the players I talk to, you know, everybody seems serious about winning. So, you know, I'm ready to hit the ground running when I get there.
2: Jordan Miller is with us, new basketball player for the University of Miami basketball team. Jordan, uh, how about the opportunity to play inside the ACC, how important was that in your decision?
5: Right, you know, ACC is one of the best, most competitive leagues out there for college basketball. Um, you know, I feel like the competition is a lot better than it was in the A10. Although, you know, all due respect to the A10 and the players, and there's some great players. But uh, you know, wanting to play at the highest level, I think, is every college kid's uh, you know dreams and aspirations. And so, getting the chance to play in the ACC. It's a phenomenal opportunity, and, you know, I'm blessed.
2: Yeah. Have you had a chance to watch? I'm sure you have. You know, uh, you're in that part of the country. Uh, it's important. Basketball in, in Duke and North Carolina, Virginia, all up and down that part of the country is is really very, very, very important. All
5: right. Um, you know, like I said, I'm excited. Uh, it's an opportunity not everybody gets, and, you know, I came to that realization. So, I just can't express my excitement enough and I'm just looking forward to getting down there and starting the the grinding and the process as quick as possible.
2: By the way, I should mention you're going to have a, another new teammate. Uh, Charlie Moore has announced uh, a player from DePaul that he's transferring. So, uh, you won't be the only transfer coming in to the university of Miami. That's kind of exciting as well, isn't it?
5: Yeah, it's definitely exciting. You know, having someone else coming with me, uh, not alone this whole thing, but uh like I said, you know we I'm sure he is excited too, is, is as excited as I am, and uh you know, just getting
1: ready to get down there and uh
2: get to work. How about where we are today in college athletics, where you can transfer now? Uh, you, the guy that recruited you lost his job, therefore now you have the you had the opportunity to go through a second recruitment. Do you do you like where we are? Did, did you like the fact that you were able to to change schools without having to sit out? Yeah,
5: I think that's a great uh, you know a great new change to this whole thing. Uh, I feel like sometimes in the past you know it stopped some players from transferring. But, uh, you know, it's it's exciting, and the fact that players can transfer and without having to sit, you know, it just provides more opportunity for them and uh, get them a chance to get on the floor as quick as possible.
2: Was it in any way nerve-wracking for you to go into the portal to wait to see what was going to happen? <laughs> I think, you know, this is the second my second go-around, so
5: I, I knew what to expect a little bit more. Um, you know, the... the with the thing about being in the portal is you don't know who's going to hit you up. And, uh, once you do, um, as far as making your decision wise, it becomes a little, uh, you know, tedious at times with phone call. So I, I still think it's a phenomenal opportunity. And like I said, not a lot of people get to experience that. And there's a lot of kids, you know, that would love to be in that situation. So as tedious as it is, you know, you got to realize that you're blessed to be in that situation to begin with.
2: Jordan, uh, you're coming to the University of Miami, also known as a really good academic institution. How important was that in your decision? Oh, 100%. I think academics is the most important thing. You know, at some
5: point, the ball starts bouncing for everybody. And, uh, you know, if you have a good ac- academic um, base, you know, I can take you good places in life. So I think the academic side is just as important, if not more important, than the basketball side.
2: How about coming out of COVID last year? How tough was it for just for you to make it through the year? I I know the experience was different for everybody. Uh, Maybe the frustration of that experience and then how much you're looking forward to, hopefully, this year, playing in front of uh, some uh, loud and very passionate fans. Right. I think it was a very
5: difficult year for everybody. Uh, Like I said, I think all the teams that were allowed to play, you know, it's truly a blessing. Uh, You got to do the thing we love in a pandemic. Uh, you know it was tough because you know sometimes the games, you you have a game scheduled for say say a Thursday and the team goes down with COVID and now you're flying somewhere else or another team's coming in and it just showed a lot of um you know resilience through through all the teams and uh but I think most importantly it was just a great opportunity for us getting a chance to play and get on the floor because you know it could have been different and we could have not been playing so
2: yeah. No question about that. Uh, the last thing for you, again, just looking at the Miami program, uh, Coach L and the coaching staff, some of the the schemes and stuff that they run. How was was that stuff important to you, or, or was it just coming down to relationships?
5: Um, you know, like I said, the trust in Coach Lanega He's been a very successful coach. Uh, I did my research, yeah. and you know, I just I'm a big believer in you know if you believe in what the process and what your coach is trying to do. Then, um, and the relationship the relationship aspect was a big part of it, too. And so, you know, having those two things combined just made it an easy choice for me, honestly. But uh, I got full trust in the coaching staff and what they're doing with this program. And like I expressed before, I'm just excited to get down there and, and get things started.
2: Yep. Well, we look forward to that uh, very much as well. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the show. Uh, we're uh, thrilled that you're a Miami Hurricane. And uh, the very best of luck. And again, thanks for being with us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Did you hear? Radio.com is now Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Same great.